Hello and welcome to episode 4 of The List Makers, a mini podcast from the Doctor Who show where we take a top 5 topic, each list our picks and then discuss them. But there are no hard and fast rules, it's all about the chat. And our topic today, I know Rob you're keen for this one, (laughs) is top 5 stories from the 1980s. I'm Dave. And I'm Rob. And welcome back for our fourth episode, a very straightforward top five topic. The format, hopefully by now you've been with us for four episodes and you know, we each have a topic, we each give top five or so, and then we just chat about it. But we don't interrupt each other, even if we've got a snap. But Rob, you were saying just before we hit the record button, you're predicting multi-snaps this time. Multi-snaps, Dave. Uh, how can we not? It's the 80s. There are, there are only so many stories. There are only so many good stories. I'm predicting two or three snaps. Well, we haven't had any snaps in our first three shows. I think we had a half snap, maybe, if you're generous, in the first one. So uh, are we going to break our drought in a big way? Well, let's find out. Stories from the 1980s. So everything is eligible from the 5th of January 1980, which was episode three of The Horns of Nymon. Will The Horns of Nymon make our list? Amazing. I always think of The Horns of Nymon as a 70s story. But it's actually an 80s story, isn't that crazy? Absolutely, as, as was Sharda, as was Sharda. That's right, yeah. Rob, it's my time, my time. It is your time, Dave. <laughs> Rob, it's my turn to go first. Yes. And uh, look, I'm going to dive into this. I suspect for long-time listeners of our podcast, some of these will be predictable to you, but I did enjoy just sitting down and working out my top five 1980 stories. I'm going to dive into number five from mm. the Davison era from season 21, and it is Frontios. Mm. Now, this is a story where I think the fifth doctor is exceptionally well written by Christopher Hamilton Bidmead. I think it's spooky, it looks really, really good, it's dark, it's got a cool spaceship design, it's witty, uh, it's got an interesting concept monster, but Davison himself is just so good, so sincere, so funny, and I just love watching this story. So that's my number five. Okay. Number four, I've chucked in something from the Tom era. Uh, it's not the Horns of Nymon, and it's not Sharda. <laughs> it is from season 18. I um denied about which season 18 should go on this list, and that's something we might chat about afterwards. Mm. But I've gone in the end with State of Decay, okay. because it's just such a watchable story. It's so Doctor Who. It's got Tom and Lala in really good form. I think Tom and Lala fighting is actually a really good on-screen dynamic in some ways. <laughs> Matthew Waterhouse isn't bad. It's dark again. It's creepy again. It's got a clever sci-fi plot to it. I could watch this one again and again. And so State of Decay at number four. Mm-hmm. We're now getting into perhaps the easiest picks for me. My number three we're into the McCoy era, we're into season 25, and we're doing Remembrance of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. This is a story that saved the McCoy era back in 1988. It's the story that I think is now regarded by almost every fan, certainly the ones I talk to, as being a classic. It's the one where the McCoy era really lands. McCoy's great, Sophie Aldridge's great. It's got lots of Daleks doing lots of cool things. It's got Davros, it's got spaceships, it's got the military, it's in London in the 60s, it's got a great cast it's got my first ever doctor who crush um it's it's a really good story that i really love uh i had to have remembrance in there uh in deference to some other mccoys that were fighting for it but had to go remembrance i'm interested to see if you did as well Uh number two and number one are in many ways personal picks for me but i think they deserve their place 
Number two is Planet of Fire. We are back to the Davison era, and in fact, we're back to season 21. Mm -hmm. This is a story, again, where Davison is written so, so well. I love his dynamic here with Turlow. I love the way he starts to work with Perry in here. The Master is there, but in a really interesting and different way. They're doing something new with him. Chameleon actually gets some proper good scripting and some good use and some good plotting. The location work is fantastic. They don't just go to another country and sort of waltz around Paris or some hills in Spain or whatever, but they really <laughs> make it feel like they've gone to another country in Lanzarote for the start. Yes. But then the way they use that landscape of Lanzarote, the volcanic landscape, to really make you feel like this is an alien planet, I think is the best use of location filming ever in the show and, and worthy to it. But it's also a story about something. It does science versus religion without being a polemic. It makes a point without being nasty, and it gives religion its dignity. And look, I'm not religious myself, but I really respect the way it does that mm. compared to something like Megalos only a few years ago, which is kind of just embarrassing in its simplicity. Yeah. So Planet of Fire, my number two, my number one, my top story from the 1980s. Look, anyone who's listened to the podcast or seen my Twitter feed knows my pick is Survival. I think this is where the whole of 1980s Doctor Who comes together and just works perfectly. McCoy is the best you've ever seen him. Sophie Aldred is the best you've seen her. Anthony Ainley is the master. I think this is his very, very best performance. Him subdued, calm, desperate, playing off McCoy. The way they're filmed and directed together, just circling each other working yeah. off each other is brilliant again the location filming it's a quarry but it's a quarry very well filmed it's a mm. quarry with gas in the in the pools a quarry with pink skies and planets and volcanoes in the background a quarry that's enhanced by that wonderful electric guitar score which is one of the best scores of mm. any doctor who story yeah. it's one that's scary it's one with real people like real people from the streets of perry valley 989 that feel like real people in danger, fighting for their life. You you really feel about what's going on. Again, it's got a th theme, a real theme about survival of the fittest and what that really means. And it wraps the show up with that wonderful monologue and wraps the show up thematically with the Doctor finally returning a Londoner back to London, having taken Londoners away from the city 26 years ago. So they're my favourites or my top picks from the 1980s. Rob, you're expecting multiple snaps. Let's hear a list and see if we had some. Well, I could announce it now if you like. Go on. We have one snap. Just the one. Well, we have broken our snap trout, but not, not a flood. Not a flood. No, and you won't know what it is until I get to my number one pick. I'm going to put a little asterisk on my list of the one I think will be the snap, and we'll see if I'm right. Okay. Moving into my top five. At number five, we have Kinder. I always talk about Kinder, and I really wish I could stop, but I find it one of the more intellectual Davo stories. Aside from Nyssa being sidelined in the TARDIS, and I think that was only a contractual thing with regard to how many episodes she was contracted for, not something the writer actually wanted to do. Everyone has something to do in this story. The story itself is, is quite fascinating. There are some great performances. And I also think it's really underrated, which plays into my feelings about it a lot, I think, and is why I mention it a lot. People who get it really get it. They say, yeah, Kinder, Kinder is fantastic. Yeah. But a lot of people still don't. And I think, oh, my God, this is like this little gem sitting there if you've not seen it. It's, it's just marvellous. Yep. Moving on to number four, 
and we're staying with Davo and we're staying in the same season. I'm going with Earthshock. Now, Ooh, good pick. I, I can't not have this somewhere. Not just to show that I'm equally at home with the more violent stuff from the 80s, as well as the, the fun campy stuff, you know, because I've never thought there's a line between the two. I've, I've thought, well, why not just like both, like the little girl says on that um, old El Paso <laughs> ad. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's ridiculously violent, but it's, it's all part of a big tapestry. And I've got it here because it's just so... Oh, it's just so good. The return of the Cybermen, revamped Cybermen, no less. That soundtrack, the the death of Adric, Beryl Reed. You know, I, I know this story cops some stick from some quarters and some type of fans out there. And there's still a reason, though, why many will name check it. And it's because it is good. <laughs> and that's all <laughs> I've got to say about it. Yeah. It's, it's just good. Moving on to number three. We're into the McCoy era here. And I'm going with Ghost Light. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, huh? I was I was right at the end of my first flush of fandom. I was at the end. Uh, I was 14. I didn't fully get what they were doing. I thought this was a bit rubbish. Then, as an adult, I watched it again. Must have been uh, on, a, on a VHS or something like that. And I thought, oh, look at this. It's it's an old house, and no one does old houses better than the BBC. And, oh, the costumes are good. And, oh, look, it's a really quirky script. And, oh, that, that song they have, uh, That's the Way to the Zoo, or whatever it is, that's, that's really weird, you know. And it all feels refreshingly different, like Doctor Who had suddenly taken this new turn in its life. It's kind of what Earthshock did, in a different way, of course. It's, it's nothing like Earthshock. But in terms of just being like, bam, here is something you haven't seen before for Doctor Who, I think it's very much like that. And I would have happily had another series of Sylve and Sophie doing weird stuff like this. Because when you think about it, what, what other children's TV of that time did anything remotely, remotely like this? It's, it's really quite extraordinary when you sit down and think about it with that sort of mindset. So it had to make my list. Top two. Top two. Caves of Androzani. Very simple. Um, very, very similar to Earthshock uh, in terms of... There's a certain kind of fan out there who'll say, oh, no, thank you to this. Uh, you know, whether that's just to, to be contrary or what, I don't know. But this is just a great Doctor Who story. The direction, the story, the characters. Davo going out as the dashing hero he always was. It's just bloody good. And I, I get so upset sometimes when I see people say, oh, no, it's, 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 it's not good. And I just think, oh, come on. It is. Give up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on to my number one. Here we go, Dave. Drum roll. Remembrance of the Daleks. I was right. I thought that was where you were going to go. Okay. This is my uh, number one because after watching it the first time, back when I was a kid, back when I was 13 years old, I didn't feel like oh, yeah, that was okay, or, oh, yeah, I quite liked that. I was like, holy hell, that was incredible. You know, the story, the effects, the performances, the sets, the the costuming. Doctor Who hadn't just gone up a gear from the clunkers of the previous season. It, it had got a whole new gearbox, and it, <laughs> and it was now installed in <laughs> Mad Max's Interceptor, and it was running on nitrous oxide. It was, it was like night and day to what had come before. And it's one of only probably a few times ever 
when I've been watching Doctor Who that I have felt astonished at what I was watching and felt, oh, I'm watching something special. Something special is happening right in front of me. You know, remember this in your in your brain for, for all time because this is, this is a moment. You know, I felt that with Blink as well, for example. Not for the same reasons, but the feeling of, I'm seeing something special here, remember this moment was exactly the same and I, I felt that as a 13 year old with this story and it's it's stuck with me to this day well that's a really incredible list there a couple of points that I want to make and I think first of all we'll just say that I think Remembrance is a very worthy to be our first proper snap on the list makers <laughs> yes very much I'm surprised by one thing Rob and that's that you didn't have the five doctors in there I thought that was going to be a lay down misere for you <sighs> Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's one that I tossed and turned on because it did seem so obvious in some ways and it's it's not really a traditional story, it is a special, it is doing some really different stuff to everything else, so it almost sits out of time, out of, yeah. <laughs> no, no pun intended, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. out of place with everything else. It's got the Davison credits and stuff, and people count it as part of the Davison era, but it's 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 almost like this other other sort of thing, <laughs> and, yeah. and I couldn't quite count it. I, I am denied about it as well. I just couldn't put it there. there. You know, if it, if it was personal love, mm. it might have snuck in, but I couldn't quite put it in as... As, as a top one, I, I did sort of Amanara um if I could get Androzani in there. I did Amanara um about Trark instead of State of Decay. Fenric was on my shortlist. Earthstruck was on my shortlist. So a, a lot of overlap. And let, let's talk about overlap. A couple of stats for us, Rob. Yes. Of our nine picks between us, one Tom, yes. three McCoy, five Davo. And yeah. of those five Davo, three from season 21 and in fact three over four stories Frontios Clend of Fire and Caves of Androzani doesn't the Dave era just come home with an absolute romp oh with a, with a wet sail it's just fabulous yeah and don't forget Resurrection's the other one in that four and look I know it has its detractors but I think that's a pretty pretty awesome adventure story Oh, of course it is. His his final series is great, but then again, I like season nineteen as well, and, and two of mine were from that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, look, I just thought it was interesting that um we had a lot out of there, and fifty percent of a season twenty six also got a, a mention, which I don't think shocks me. And as I said, Fenric could very easily have been in my list as well, so that would have been three out of four stories from season twenty six. Which again, how good did Doctor Who finish? Oh finished great i'll tell you something interesting though you've mentioned quite a bit from series uh season 18 i almost had warrior's gate in there yeah i can see that as well um i, could, I even look look full circle probably was never going to make the five but when i sort of scribbled out my first 10 to 12 i think full circle could easily have been on that as well so there were a lot of picks from season 18 that, that were in the mind Mm, Tom's final series, Davo's final series. Interesting. And McCoy's final series. And McCoy. No Colin. I almost had a Colin. I almost threw in Revelation. I sat down when I was doing this list and I really thought long and hard, you know, can I get a Colin in there? I don't want this to be another episode where we don't have a Colin. Mm. And, you know, I was like... I'm really fond of Terror of the Verbalage. I think that's a nice adventure. I think Colin's great in it, but... Is it better than 
Remembrance of the Daleks? No, no. it's not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I, I enjoyed Paul Darrow in Time Lash, but it's not a good story. No. I have some love for the two Doctors, but it's not a good story. Vengeance is a good adventure, but again, would I put it above anything I've picked? No. And uh, I tried. I tried, but sorry, Colin, no picks. What do you think about Revelation, though? Uh, I think it's a very good science fiction story. It's mm. not particularly good Doctor Who. Right, okay. Because I'm, I'm quite fond of it myself. Yeah, it's just a little bit too cynical and a bit too knowing for me. Um, but that's me. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it is one of those things, I think, if you're in the... If it, if it vibrates with you, yeah. then it's really, really good. But I just find it's a story full of unpleasant characters I don't like. The Doctor doesn't do anything to, to save the day. Mm. Um, it's Tarkas and Lil calling in the uh, the other Daleks that basically saves the day. I get why people like it, but no, it's it's not in there for me. Uh, kind of like Ghostlight. You know, I really understand why people like Ghostlight. I love Ghostlight Part 1. Mm. I think that's an excellent opening story. And then I just sit there and go, what what, what are they doing? What are they talking about? Why mm. did that guy do that? What, why did that? Oh, I'm lost. I don't care. Yeah. My point, though, that, you know, what other children's TV was doing that? You know, that was something that really stuck with me when I thought about that. And I thought, yeah, I think it is actually quite special in that sense. Look, it, it, it is. It's a really interesting piece of television. Like, I respect Ghostlight. I respect Ghostlight a lot. Mm. Um, in the same way, I really respect Warrior's Gate. Um, and, and, and I enjoy Warrior's Gate more than I enjoy Ghostlight. But Warrior's Gate is to me a story you sit there and you intellectually respect and appreciate it. Mm. Um, and I think the joy of Kinder, which was on your list, yes. is that on the one hand, you are intellectually enjoying and appreciating and respecting a very clever script with some very deep ideas but it's polished off with some real just fun uh adventure and 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 it's a lot more watchable i think than a warrior's gate is and certainly i think than ghostlight is i th- i think I, I i can't sit there and just enjoy ghostlight i, I need to sort of sit there and go well what they're doing there is very well done yes gets very good you know points um but i'm kind of not interested and i'm not engaged interesting and and yet you like the na's and yet I like the NAs and perhaps it's because I was older when I saw them perhaps because it's because I respect that they are doing something a bit beyond Doctor Who or because maybe just the fact they're in book form means that I forgive them um, Mm. being a bit drier and a bit more intellectual I don't know Um, yeah it's an interesting point Mm. interesting this was fun it, it was. Look, when I saw top five stories from the 80s pulled out of the hat, I just thought, we're going to have a bit of fun with that. That This topic is really what this mini podcast is all about. It's just about saying, you know what, we're never going to do a full one-hour podcast on top five stories from the 80s. That would be indulgent. But a little 20-minute special just about our top five, that's what the List Makers is all about. So, yeah, lots of fun. But time to pick our next topic from Turlow's Hat of Rassilon. Yes. And it's it like is. we're at the pub when we're having these conversations, Dave. <laughs> that's right. That, that's exactly right. They're just good pub conversations. Mm. And our next one next month is going to be top five uh-huh. Earth-based stories. Uh, oh, well, there's a lot of those. <laughs> there's a couple of ways we could interpret that, but that's oh, for next month. Okay. And until then, I've been Dave. And I've been Rob. And we'll make some more lists soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.